Good morning, everyone. Everyone happy today? Yes. Expecting today to hear something from God? Yes. yes? Awesome, awesome. Um, before we start, let's just pray. We thank you, Lord, again for this amazing day. And Lord, we thank you that we can be in your presence and that we can be in your house today. And that you want to speak to us, Lord God, like a, a, a father wants to speak, speak to his children. And I pray, Lord, that we will have the ears to hear what you have to say. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to start off again today with a question. Who in your lifetime or in this last year received some supernatural provision from God. Raise your hands. Like what we did. And then and then after a week or a month or six months then everything we received that gone. We used it all up. How does that make you feel? It's like ish back to square one again. And then, uh, Jesus, help me. I need some more money to pay my Wi-Fi. <laughs> Always need money for Wi-Fi. You can't have enough Wi-Fi nowadays. So, um, I, think, I think that when we receive something super natural from, from God, that He actually wants to not just give us something, but also... He wants to, to, to teach us through that a lesson. And, um, and I'm going to speak today about a few principles that, that, that we can, can use to see how the Lord speaks to us today in our lives through what He gives us in the natural. It's not always in the spiritual. Spiritual, um, so, uh, and I think that 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 what he wants us to, to see is that that um, that we need to see through his eyes, from his perspective, and not from our perspective in the world. Amen. 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 So, um, can we just quickly show the next? thing down your next slide. So a few weeks ago, I'm going to ask you guys to fill in a praise report, and I hope you guys are going to fill one in again today. So, but from that, I think we received about 40 or so, which is really, for us, is really good. And from that, can we turn the sound a little bit down? It just sounds very hollow here. Yeah. Not sure if that did that any better? It sounds weird. Okay. Um, so, from that, we, we see that 34% of you guys are listening to close to my mouth. Otherwise, I'm just going to use the handheld. Um, we see that 34% of you guys, you talked about God's faithfulness and His, His goodness, and it... it talks about how he helped you to renew your mind and your thinking. And then 
um, 27% of you guys talked about families that's been restored, husband and wife stuff that has been restored, or your re relationship with the Lord that has been restored. And then 18% you talked about your health, like um, that you've been healed miraculously. And the other eight, um, the other 21% you talked about how the Lord miraculously helped you and um, he gave you provision. So from what we can see from that is is that God is a faithful God. We, we see that many of us here um, we, we um, recognize the character of who he is and what he's um, um, doing in our lives. And this, the second big thing is restore Restoring of relationship in your families. So that's um, so that's two things that the that the Lord I think is speaking to us. What He's working on with us as a, a church. And I think because of what we see there, that is such something we need to 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 put our eyes towards. Does that make sense? Amen. So. If you keep that in mind, then we, from 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 the things that the, the Lord is doing now in our lives, but when we look at scriptures and throughout the whole scriptures, there's hundreds and hundreds of <coughs> miracles that's in the scripture. Um, I can just name a few here. We Jesus, he turned water into wine, he healed the official son, um, he was driving out evil spirits from people, he healed Peter's mother-in-law, um, he helped his this, this, this disciples catch fish miraculously, like he put the net on that side and they got heaps of fish, he raised people from the dead. He fed the five thousand men, women, children. He walked on water. He healed a, 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 a deaf and dumb man. So there's there's lots of things that he did, and he's still doing. And it's not that it's it's something that he wants to do, you know, just to say, like, yeah, I'm Jesus, I can do anything. He's not like that. He doesn't want to. Show off. But we can see from from everything that he does here, and from what we read in scriptures, that it has all to do with bringing people closer to him. He's bringing life into to people's lives, and physical life, spiritual life. He renews our minds. So it, it's all. Th things like that. He brings freedom. 
he brings provision and through all of this I think he wants to teach us to see something that he sees so that it's not just wow the miracle wow it's much more than the wow that he wants to, us to see what he sees amen so that'll all make sense soon let's turn our scriptures to to mark 8 verse and i'm going to begin to read from verse 1 to 12. mark 8 from verse 1 to 12. And it's going to be on the board there as well mark 8 from verse 1 to 12. okay Verse 1, in those days, the, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, it, it, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have not continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. Verse 3, and if I send them away hungry to their houses, they will faint on the way. For some of them have come from afar. Verse 4. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he com commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and gave thanks. He broke them and, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said to them also, uh, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000, so that, was, that sh would have been men. So if you put with that woman, children, so it would have been around 16,000 people. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. He Im Im immediately got into the boat with his <coughs> and disciples and came to the, 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 the region of Dalma Nutha, that's the one right there, next to Adonos. Verse 11, then the, the, the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit, and he said, why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. No sign shall be given to this generation. So, so now, just a few chapters before, we, we see that the Lord, He walked on the water, He healed the people, He fed 20,000 people the first time and minutes ago 
he fed another 16,000 men, women, kids with bread. All that in mind. So it's, 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 uh, um, it's, it's all these things that literally just happened. And now the next bit. Let's turn to verse 13. And he left them. So Jesus left the Pharisees there. And getting into the boat again, departed to the, up the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed. Be aware of the leaven of the, the, the Pharisees and the leaven of, of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves. They were, th they were th thinking and saying, Is it because we have no bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said to him, Twelve. Also, when I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, Seven. So he said to them, How is it that you do not understand? How is it that you do not understand? Verse 16 speaks about where they, they said they reasoned among themselves. It says, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, is it because we have no bread? So the situation that they were in, they were in the boat, they tried to figure it out, where are we, but with their, their minds, with their natural eyes, with what they had. Key verse is verse um, 17, and we can put that on again if you can, Donnie. Where it says, But Jesus, being aware of it, so he knew they were thinking with their minds and their heads and with their um, worldly eyes. He, he said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? So, in John 3, it says that unless one is born again of the Spirit, so once you accept the Lord as your Savior, you cannot see the things of heaven. Unless you are 
born of the Spirit, you can't see the things of heaven. So now these guys, the disciples, they were with Jesus all the time. They, they saw these things happening all the time. They saw the, the, the food multiply. They saw him walk on water. So they saw all these things. But still, they didn't perceive what the Lord is trying to speak to them. See, as a, a, a believer in Jesus, your heart is not supposed to be hardened. You should be able to, to perceive the, king, the things of the kingdom. You should be able to, to hear what the Lord is saying, to see what He is seeing, and to do what He wants you to do. So, Jesus, let me ask them, have you not... Um, do you not yet perceive or understand what I'm trying to speak to you through all these miracles all the time? It's not just that he wants to give miracles to, to have that, that wow effect. He's trying to teach them through it. See, what they... they that is they they started their reasoning from a position of lack and with lack with that mindset you can't build something you can't build your faith because you start from lack does that make sense yes he's trying to teach them something and i'm going to get back to that one soon so then the next thing in in verse was was it a bit a bit earlier where jesus warned them against the the yeast of the pharisees and 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 of herod so what's this thing with yeast in the bible leaven it, it more than often um, has as a negative connection to what it means. Let me explain. So, it in this in this context, it represents our our worldview, how we see things. So he wanted to explain, hey disciples, watch out, be careful of your worldview of how you see things because it begins to affect you it begins to remove you from God so he said be aware of the leaven of the, the, the Pharisees what does that mean it means in that sense he was talking about a religious spirit so so, so what's that that's where you you do all the right things. So you come to church, you give your your offering, you smile, you wave, and you do some good things around you. Look after the orphans and the widows, and help the old with bad stuff. You do all the good things, right things, but you do not have any relationship with Jesus. 
it's like now you have to stand and pray because if you sit and pray it's not respectful to God well some people can't stand and pray little things but it's like rules and laws and not really a relationship with God so you do all the right things you say all the right things but still even as a believer you're still empty inside although you do all the right things you say all the right things you come to church it's there's still that emptiness and that's a religious spirit and this, this the second one he talked about is be aware of the leaven of of herod so in this context it it represents the um what did I write here? The, the, the mindset of the world in that time, which is a lot like the mindset of the world today. What does that mean? It, it means that it's okay for you to believe in God. Just don't talk to me about it. Don't bring him into your workplace because it, it might offend someone if you speak to them about Jesus. Um, for instance, Let's, let's um, name here an example. So, the truth can offend, but offense is taken, not given. Say, for instance, I, I, I saw in the news a few weeks ago in one of the local newspapers <coughs> that, that our president now wants to allow homosexual relationships and everything that but when one of the people friends that works with them dies and they put some scripture on the internet just a little bit that it smells like Jesus Christianese so it's it's all good but we also allow this it's like everything ago so it, it's you you make up your own truths and that's a a worldview that's that's not of God, and the more so, so that's the the least that the, the Lord um, said to, 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 to them: be aware of that yeast, because when it comes in, when you allow that, it begins to slowly, from the inside, change you, change your thinking about what is right what is wrong and you begin to slowly move away from God because now this all looks so attractive I can have my own truths my own world my own reality does that make sense and in the end it removes you 100% from God so when you allow that leaven that world views that yeast to within you you, you st st stop to perceive what the Lord is doing you stop to hear what he is saying to you you say you can't see him you can't hear him how can you understand him and he asked do you not understand anymore and when you don't hear him you don't see him you don't understand him then you begin to get a hard heart. 
that's, that's not what he wants for us. He wants to change our perspective that we can see, we can hear, we can perceive, we can understand, and our hearts stay nice and soft. Amen? And also why he, he warned his this, 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 this disciples against this yeast um, is if, if you think about it, the religious spirit and that world way of thinking are driven by the fear of man. So, the Pharisees, they, they didn't, uh, where is it in Matthew, that they didn't answer Jesus because they were scared that the people will turn against them. So they rather keep quiet and wash their hands. The liberal world, the mindset is we would allow um, things that is not according to the scripture like homosexuality to be okay with a little bit of scripture mixed in it so that we can get votes so that we keep everyone happy because if we don't keep them happy we lose we lose our money our control so it's because of the fear of man that you begin to let some truths of the word go. So that's why the Lord said, be aware of this. Don't let this begin to influence you. I want to teach you something new. I want you to see something from my perspective. So for us now, we must know that because we are sons and daughters of God, because we are believers in Jesus, we are actually according to the scriptures, the truth, in the spirit already next to God. We're sitting next to him there and we can see from his perspective. We can see things. And that's what he wants us to do every day is to see things from his perspective. Because why? When we see things from his perspective, the bigger the picture, it's it's much um, life becomes a little bit easier, if I can put it in that way, in the sense that we see it from his perspective. So he knows what the next steps will be, the right things to do, his perspective. Whereas where when we see it from a worldly perspective, from the world with our natural eyes we first see the lack that we have like we don't have bread to eat we don't have money for wi-fi so we begin with the lack and we say lord please come and fix our lack Where from his perspective he just multiplied food here multiplied food there just walked on the water what is this lack issue thing? Amen? So, let's talk about that perspective and we can 
put again on that verse um, 17. But Jesus, being aware of it, he said to them, Why did you reason so with your head, with your worldly thinking, with your unrenewed mind? Why did you reason because you have no bread? So if, if we look back at the beginning of the sermon, we put there a slide that said, the Lord helped us with this, He helped us with this, He restored this, He, he helped us with our health, with everything. So, here's a thought, that our experiences with God in the supernatural should teach us, us how to think and to see. So, our experiences with Him in the supernatural must teach us what to see and what to think and then how to act on it. Make sense? Is something else that and this one might hurt a little bit. So, that instance that we receive something supernatural from God it cancels out any right for us to, to start reasoning from a place of lack. That the moment we experience supernatural provision from God, it cancels out any right we have to start reasoning from a place of lack. But here's the thing. When we experience something super natural, when we experience a miracle of God, there's a risk attached, like the fainscriff says there, and I hate faint script, but it's always there on any contract, it says, okay, cool, now you have to change your thinking and how you do things. And we creatures of habit, we don't like to change or do things a different way. So, we will, so when we experience something supernatural, it requires us to change our thought processes. asking us as well today do you see do you hear and to be honest I, I'm here in front now but I tell you what I do not always see like, to be honest do you see no Lord I don't many times I don't sometimes you ask me okay do you hear? Maybe a little bit more than I see, but no, I struggle. Like, 
life happens. There's, there's things that keeps me occupied and like, man, I struggle. Help me, like, I need to do something. Can't see, I pray, I struggle. Like, can't see what he wants to show, can't hear him. Um, but here's the thing, I do remember. I do remember. We all remember. We don't forget. It, it says in verse 18, from having eyes, do you not see? I don't always see, Lord. Like, I'll be honest. Having ears, do you not hear? I want to. I'm willing, but I don't always hear. And do you not remember? I do remember. We have a, a little book where we write everything that the Lord does. So even, even if I say, with, I come with my excuse, no Lord, I don't remember. I've got a book where everything is written in what the Lord does. So we all remember. And I hope you remember today to write down a praise report something that the Lord is wanting to show us through that. So, here's another thought. With all these uh, testimonies that we share, that's in scriptures, everything that you guys write down, it, it's all testimonies of the work of Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, because He's like acting all the time in the whole world. Check the next scripture. If we can put on Psalms 119, verse 111. It says there, your testimonies, that's now David's speaking, your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Let's, um, let's all read that out loud. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Everything that happened from day one until now and is still about to happen, the Holy Spirit is involved there. And the Holy Spirit lives in you when you're a believer of Jesus. And He sort of orchestrated everything in here. What does that mean? Is that every testimony that ever happened in scripture and now that percentage starts and everything it's all your testimonies it's not this one like a guy in the bible it's yours so you have to make it your own so that when there's a day where you do not see where you do not hear 
can still remember what he did. It's all here. And then you can stand on what he did because that is who he is in your life. And then you see things from his perspective and not from a worldly perspective from I have lack, I have nothing. God help. That makes sense. Hope it does. So according to that song, all those testimonies from day one until now, that is also yours. It is not someone else's, it is also yours, because Jesus is within you as well. Amen? You have to realize that. And you have to make that also your own. And um, if we can put up again the next this, this slide, Dr. Dali. I just want you guys to look at this again. If you look at these four things again, I think there's something that the Lord wants to, 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 to speak to us. He's trying to tell us something. We, we, we don't all... Like I said, it's not that we are always all see and all hear and all is, all is always hunky-dory with God. Sometimes we struggle with things. But He's trying to tell us something that He wants to do with us now as a church in this next season. God's faithfulness. And I think I know that he's not faithful for nothing. He wants us to, in this, for us as a, a, a church, he wants us to focus more on his character, on who he is. So we, we all want all these nice things and we flesh with the keys and and that, but we forget. about him and who he is and I think the Lord wants us to get to know him as a person first seek first the kingdom of power seek him first and we can only see him and who he is and understand him if we start to renew our minds if we start to put away that old way of thinking which is a risk, right? we have to sacrifice, but we have to do it. We have to start to renew our minds. What was the second one? Our families and relationships. Is there any conflict now in heaven between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Yes, no, no. So up there is peace. As it is in heaven, so it be on earth. What has the Lord began to do in our church? He wants His kingdom to manifest in our church. He wants to restore relationships. 
not just husband and wife, but also you and God, you and friends, at work, your, your boss. Why? Because for him, it's very interesting. It's, for him, it's unity first, restore first. So he's number one. It's so interesting. And number two is the families. I love that what he's doing with us now is so scriptural. <laughs> him first, and then families, and then the rest. Where's my another one? Supernatural provision. So now, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and all the angels up there, and I think there's a large amount of them up in heaven. Are they hungry tonight? Do they have lack tonight? Do they need anything from anybody? As it is on heaven, so it be on earth. The Lord is trying to tell us something that He wants to restore what has been stolen. The word of this this is, is, is what is focus on Him, trust Him, step out of faith, and then what? He will restore what has been removed. starting with that within our church. Health. Is there any sickness in heaven? No. Cancers, ulcers, blood diseases, constant headaches. I think sometimes the Lord must have a like a headache because He's constantly struggling with us. That is not. He loves us. Yeah. We struggle with Him. There's none there. So, so why do we fight against these things and, and, and put our minds towards that? Where He says He has already started to bring supernatural healings in, in people's lives. There's something that the Lord wants to tell us today as a church. I think the two big things, and I, I want you to go home with this as well, that's your homework, is go and find out who is God, who is He, who is this guy. And if there's something there that you need to, to work on, work on it because he is moving there so it might be a good thing if you move with him and not in the opposite direction if he wants to do those two things first and then all these things will follow but there's a reason why he wants us to get to know him first because if we don't know him first we won't be able to receive provision. We won't be able to receive health. We won't be able to restore relationships. Start there. Amen.
this is a time that we need to stand on the name and the character of who God is. So, who is God? He is God um, Elohim. He is our creator. He is Elohim Chaim. He is the living God. He's not a dead God. Like that fetty fetty boom boom, what is I, the Michelin man guy, Buddha and all those. They're all dead. He's a living God. Today, you will know that the living God is among you. He's Abba. He's your father. He's not a God, someone's father. He's your father in heaven. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord that will provide. He's already providing. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's the Lord that brings you peace. If you struggle with something, you bring him into the picture, he will bring you peace that you do not understand. But it will be there. He's El Roy. He sees you. He sees every one of you. He doesn't look on just one guy or one woman. He sees you. He knows you by name. He's your banner. Like he's your God. He's your commander-in-chief. Like you stand there against whoever else of the world and his mighty armies stand behind you. Because he is your, your commander-in-chief. He's God Almighty. He's the God who lives. He's a just God. He's a good God. He's a holy God. A wise God. A faithful God. Full of grace. Full of mercy. That's the God who I serve. Amen. Closed. Amen. Come on, as we close the service this morning, why don't we close our eyes this morning and I'm just going to conclude for us in prayer. And you know, as Johannes was speaking, he was speaking about relationship and how the Pharisees represented religion, the spirit of religion, but what the Father is after is actually relationship. He's after a relationship with you and me. He wants to be a father to us. He doesn't want to be a distant God. He doesn't want to be a God who's not involved in our lives. He wants to be a father to us. And so this morning, as we conclude the service, I just want everyone's eyes just closed and heads bowed, just to give everyone a moment in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask if there is anyone here this morning and Maybe you've lived your life, but you've never been sure if you have given your life to the Lord. You've never been sure if you've actually entered into a relationship with the Father. And for all of us, you know, many of us, like myself, I was born into a Christian home. My parents served the Lord, but that didn't automatically make me a Christian. I still had to come to an age of understanding where I had to decide for myself that I wanted a relationship with the Father. And I had to surrender my life to, to Jesus. And the Bible says in Romans 10 verse 9 that if we believe in our heart,
that he died for us and rose again and we confess with our mouth, we will be saved. What does that mean? That means that I automatically, as uh, John 1 verse 11 to 12 says, he gives me the right to become a child of God. He gives me eternal life. That means if anything happens to me today, I know that I will spend eternity with the King in heaven. But if there is not a defining moment in my life where I've actually made that decision, I can't just assume that I am a child of God. And so this morning, we just felt like we wanted to pray for some people who, maybe if you've never made that decision, maybe if you've never come to that place, to say, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to know that I know that I know that I am a child of the Most High God. We want to just pray with you this morning. That's all. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to do anything other than just have the honor and privilege to pray with you. And so if that is you this morning, I want you to just gently raise your hand. If you want to make a decision for Jesus this morning and say, Lord, I cannot do this life on my own anymore. Lord Jesus, today is the day that I want to surrender. And I want to give my life to you. And I want to know that I know for certainty that I am a child of God and I am saved. Then we want to pray with you. Thank you for the hands raised. And I'm going to ask us corporately as a church, why don't we pray it together? And you can just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I recognize today. That you are the King of Kings. And without you. I will always be a sinner. And today, Jesus, I accept what you did on the cross for me. That your blood was shed to forgive my sins. And today I accept that gift. And I want to spend eternity with you. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I believe today I am a child of God. Please help me to get to know you and to live my life according to your will. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.